Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Hello, this is Patty Wyatt with you today, and I'm going to talk uh, for the next hour on a, a couple of things, but mainly, I want to start out by my New Year's resolution, was to start asking people what would they tell their future self? So in other words, your present self right now, what kind of advice would you tell your future self by looking back at your past self and go, I would do this, you know, a little differently. And I I thought about this in January and it's already March. So uh, here I am telling my future self to do this. And yet I have not activated this for my future self. Uh, So now that I've said it out loud and you guys will have to hold me accountable because I'm going to have to follow through on this. And, and one of the things I would tell my future self is to truly show up as yourself because it can be difficult for all of us. And I know when Lisa and I started this show, uh, it, it was hard to show up as yourself. You have your notes, you have all these, you know, cheat sheets, and you're prepared on what you're going to say. And and so often we do this in life as well, that we we're going to meet with people and we're not as uniquely us as we want to be because we put on a little bit of this mask. And I know even when I do the show, I have yet to listen to myself because I don't care for how I show up. And and often I don't even want to broadcast it. I don't even want to put a link out there because I cringe at some of the things I say or how I hear myself. And, and yet we just have to, to, to be us. Um, recently Lisa and I were in Egypt and this particular workshop that uh, Lisa was actually doing she showed the greatest showman the the song this is me and i would encourage you to to get on youtube and just listen to that cuz it is amazing when you really think you know here she is she's standing there behind the music stand and when she finally has this advocate that's also singing and getting excited and moving all around you have one person that believes in you and boom, you you show up differently. All of a sudden, you're more confident in your skin. You're more confident in who you are because someone is there going, I like you. Like you're you're this person that I, I feel good when I'm with you. And it helps us to, to show up differently. And there's a quote by Alan Cohen. You are in integrity when the life you are living on the outside matches who you are on the inside. And when when I first read that quote, of course, it it took me a while to let that sink in. But it's so true that we show up truly full of integrity when we're able to be us and we're able to be this person that God intended us to be and created us to be. And sure, there are things we can do. We can work on being more self-aware. We can work on our emotional intelligence. 
But what does that look like to show up as yourself? And like I said, in reality, we have a hard time being in our own skin. And when we do this, you feel vulnerable, you are exposed. It's just easier to stay in our in our comfort zone. And that's why sometimes it's just easier to be quiet and observe rather than putting ourselves out there. Uh, when, when I am not completely authentic, then I you feel this phoniness or you feel this fake. I even can tell it in my voice. It's like, what? <laughs> what voice was that? Uh, you can feel the nervousness of of who you are, and it it just seems to you know spiral on how you're you're showing up and you're not presenting your best self. So it's really kind of funny that when we think about how to best present ourselves to others, when in reality the the best way to present ourselves is to show up as ourselves. Like let that sink in for a little while because that was kind of twisted. I had to really <laughs> think through that as I was saying it, which means you you really don't have to prepare at all. And like I said, you know, when we do the radio show, how we're putting it together, we're preparing it, we're writing it down. And, you know, often we do the same thing when we show up in life or at work or when we're with other people. Uh, we, we feel like we have to prepare at least just a little. And knowing that the first impression is the most memorable. So we'll think of what to say. We'll think of how we need to look. But after you show up in a way that is not truly you, how long can you stay that way? Can you stay that way a whole day, maybe a month, an entire year of showing up not truly being you? And imagine if you show up as someone that is amazing and everyone loves, but it's not really you that's showing up. It's the you that you thought that they'd like. And the reason why I say this is I, I do this when I go out with my husband and his business associates, and, and hopefully none of them are listening to the show. But I'm just trying to be really real here and authentic of when I had to you know put that in perspective and evaluate, like, when am I truly not completely me? And I show up as this person that is most relatable and who I think they will like. I read up on politics. I, I find, you know, topical conversations I can talk about, financial junk, uh, whatever it is, I try to try to hold my own. And I stay that person for the entire time that I'm with them. And do you know how draining that is? Like if you can think of a time when you're just completely drained, it's usually when you're not able to be completely you. And I don't know why I think they would like this person. I am completely bored and drained being this person when I'm with them. I don't look forward to these dinners, and often I can't wait for them to be over. Although I do have to admit, I do look forward to the good food, <laughs> just saying. But I come back kind of, you know, reevaluating and, ah, oh, why did I say that? Or I sounded stupid when I made that comment. And you're not just completely authentic. Because being someone you're not, just to impress or please others, is it's like wearing Spanx that are three times too small. You can hardly breathe, and they are so uncomfortable that it hurts even after you remove them. And, uh, you know, at least it looks great on you to others, but you are miserable, and you get tired of just faking it and, and holding back these negative emotions. And, and hear what I'm saying 
sometimes you can't completely show up as fully you until you get to know someone. If you've ever heard of the 101% rule, you find the 1% that you have in common with someone and then you pour 100% into that 1%. So you can build rapport. And that 1% though is what that, that common denominator. So you're not just pouring in, you know, whatever it is that you feel like they want to talk about. You find that uh, it's called the principle of likability. And Stanford did this research where they took two groups of MBA students and they divided them up. And in one classroom, they went in and told this particular group of MBA students, time is money. You guys need to come to an agreement with this negotiation and you have so much time to do it in. Then they go to another group. Let's say that was group A. Then they go to group B of the MBA students and they tell them, you know, find a common denominator first. I don't care if it's what potato chips you like to eat, what books you like to read, but find that common denominator. Then here's the negotiation, come up to an agreement. So they give them the exact same amount of time, but group A, the ones that they said time is of the essence and hurry up, get this agreement, they only had 55% came to an agreement. And in group B, where they said find that common denominator, 95% came to an agreement, which just shows this principle of likability. If we find that place where we can build rapport, then we're going to be able to move forward together. So hear me when I'm saying, you know, show up, be completely you. That doesn't mean you just show up and, and you're a jerk to everyone. You do find that that common denominator. You, you find that 1% and you can build off of that. But be you. Don't, don't do what I'm doing where it's completely draining because it's so hard um, just, just because you're being fake. And you do, once again, you establish and build rapport, but at some point, you know, make sure you're being fully, fully you. Uh, have you ever shown up and you're with people that, uh, how people feel around you gives you an idea of how they feel about you. And I know I, I try to teach this to my, my children all the time when when you are looking at someone and you don't really care for them that truly does come out of your pores so uh be aware of that and i want to talk about that after we come back from our commercial break on personality profiles because one thing that i would tell um my my future self is to be aware of the personality profiles and i wish i would have known this when i was younger and uh, even though I do tell my children, you know, it, it, it takes an army here of people coming together with all of our different gifts, all of our different talents to really complete each other and to work together and create these dynamic dream teams as we move forward. You can't just have a bunch of like-minded people that are just like you that are, you know, that we put together as a team to try to accomplish things because, if if you had a bunch of people that were my temperament, we probably wouldn't get as much done, but we would have a blast every day. <laughs> you want to make sure you have every single um, personality temperament on the team as you move forward. 
An example, just right before we, we go into our commercial break, is I know there are certain people that I have around me that I can trust. I have friends that I know if I if I ask them a question, even if it's as simple as this decorating idea or an outfit I have on, I can trust them and their opinion, even though they're completely opposite of, of me, because I want to know how how they feel about it as well. And my husband's a perfect example. I know he's going to be really blunt, but he will tell me exactly what he thinks. He doesn't try to spruce it up with cotton candy and fluff. And on that note, we'll be right back after this commercial break. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. To lose or maintain your weight, it's valuable to know how many calories you're burning during your exercise. Discovery Health revealed the amount of calories that were approximately burned with these certain exercises. Of course, there are many factors such as your weight, age, speed, etc. that make a difference in the total calories burned, but these are estimates. For a 30-minute workout, you will burn 252 calories by ice skating. Rowing will torch 280 calories, while kayaking will burn 170 calories. Playing tennis will burn 250 to 300 calories, and basketball, 288 calories. Swimming will burn 360 calories, but running is the big winner at 450 calories burned. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We're going to dive into some personality assessments just because I feel like it's so important for us to understand our our own DNA, our own temperaments, and it's important for us to, to understand our own. Mainly, if I don't know who I am, then I'm going to be threatened by who you are. And we were created to complete each other, not compete against each other. And yet we have a tendency to play the comparison game where I'm going to compare my weakness 
to your strength. And that's what gets us spiraling out of control where we can't just show up authentically. And I, I have a, a funny story because showing up as <laughs> uniquely you sometimes doesn't always work. But you have to be okay with that. And like I said, we, Lisa and I were just recently in Egypt. We were there um, for the Global Leadership Summit, and I now they're changing it to the Global Leadership Leadership Network. But while we were there, we went to visit other churches that are just doing amazing things there. And at one point, I was exhausted, and there was a group of maybe four of us that were in the church, and we went to this conference room, and we were waiting for another group because they were going to um, give us an idea of what their church is doing and the amazing missions and outreach programs that they were involved in. And there was, uh, I think, two Egyptians as well as uh, three Americans that that were there. So there was probably five of us in the room and they had coffee and cookies, you know, sitting there creating this nice little atmosphere. And as we were waiting, they were standing there talking to each other. And I just leaned over on the table on the conference table and I went ahead and laid down on it. And I do crazy things. I, as we get into the personality assessment, I'm the mocha, which I, I want to have fun and one of the gals from Egypt there kind of grabbed me and says, oh, no, we don't we don't do that here. <laughs> and, and there, you know, there's that shock factor that I always like to, you know, put in there because that's one way that I have fun. But you also go, ooh, ooh, bad call, you know, and the whole scheme of being self-aware, I probably shouldn't have done that. So there's just times that you're going to show up, you're going to feel stupid, and yet that I feel like that's what stops us from being completely authentic because as you get older, you see the bigger picture where, Ooh, this, this could maybe, you know, it's that, um, I don't know the no, the no shame gene, I guess this is the way I look at it, but we need to just keep putting ourselves out there and keep having that fun. Cause I feel like as we get older, we lose that fun element and I know that's why I like working in student ministry so much is because I can stay that younger, having fun, and and people will accept the craziness a little bit more. And so that would be another thing, just telling your future self to just keep having fun. Don't let people squelch that, even though, like I said, I might have to have a better lens and, and remove that, you know, sometimes that no shame gene. Uh, you know, put that disclaimer out there, but uh, I want to just unpack this a little bit more of we perceive um, other people through our temperament and through our lens, and then we have certain expectations of how they need to show up. So I'm going to put, uh, for those of you who have taken the DISC, it's the D-I-S-C, the D is a more dominant, the driver, the I is very people related there they inspire others the s is that steadiness um the the peacemaker and the c is the analytical one some people say they're the human computer just they're perfectionist and we're going to break that down a little bit here the the mocha is is the eye in the disc and that's the person when they show up they literally are looking at life going how can i have more fun I value fun. I want to have fun. I want to have an adventure. 
They're the ones in a meeting uh, when when we want to get down and get into the grit that they bring donuts and they're usually like five minutes late and they just change the dynamics and the atmosphere. <laughs> the whole environment of the room is like, woo, let's have fun. And they are oblivious to the the human computer, the analytical one, which we're going to call that the latte, is sitting there wanting to get stuff done. They're, like I said, they're the perfectionists, so they're on a deadline, and they want to make things happen. They want to make things perfect, as well as how can I make others be perfect, because you're really annoying right now that you just came in here, and you destroyed our, our plan that we had in place. Then you have the espressos, and that's the driver, that's the dominant, and they're basically, how can I get others to do what I tell them to do? They're big on delegating, and yet then they won't delegate because uh, they nobody does it as well as they can do it, and I might as well do it myself. Then you have the chai, which is the steady, the peacemaker. How can I get others to love me, love me, love me? And they're the ones, they love to go on retreats. They love to get together to, you know, play bunko. They, they love the meeting time at the end where they can go one-on-one -on -one and catch up with, you know, they're really big on building those uh, relationships. So let's go back into the mocha. The mocha, they are great at getting people involved. Uh, my, my youngest is a high mocha. And I'll never forget when she was younger. She's probably five or six years old. We all uh, came walking in to the house, and she was there with her friends. And she, if you can picture someone making a snow angel in the snow, and they're rubbing you know, their arms and legs back and forth, creating that snow angel... She was doing that on the tile floor and had her friends doing it with her. And I walked in going, what, what are you guys doing? And she goes, we're making tile angels. And in, in their mind, you know, they were just flapping away. And it, it was comical because then Garrett got on the floor, started doing it. Kaylee got on the floor. So then I was like, oh, I'll get on the floor. And we had a blast doing snow angels on the tile. So it's just they have this way of inspiring you, motivating you to do things just out of the element of let's have fun. Then I have Garrett, my oldest, who is an espresso. And I remember one time walking in the room and he had his youngest sister, Paris, rubbing his feet and his other sister, Kaylee, typing a paper for him for school. And I thought, oh, you've got to be kidding me. But that is a true espresso, um, just doing what they do best. And then there's the chai. And Lisa is a high chai. And she wants to sit and talk and enjoy coffee with friends. When you call her and you even leave a message on her phone, uh, it, it sounds, even in their voice, they're like, I'm so sorry, I can't take your call right now. Please leave a message and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. They just, they're in the moment, they're present. They, they are all about building those, those relationships. And they, they kind of glue people together on a team, which is really cool. They're, they're the, almost the counselor that, that people um, go to. Then you have the latte. And the latte highly organized, organized to, perf to, to perfection. They're usually the ones, if we get into the work mode, 
they're the ones sitting there at a meeting and they won't talk because they're observing and they're thinking. And not only are they thinking, they're perfecting those thoughts. And I, so many times when we would be doing, you know, having a meeting and I would look at them and wish they would say something. And now I would do it differently. I would ask them, Hey, what are your thoughts right now? What are you thinking? How would you perfect this? But instead you would wait and they would call you after the meeting, maybe even the next day and say, Hey, I was thinking maybe we could do X, Y, and Z. And I, I remember being frustrated thinking, well, why didn't you say that when we were all together so we could put a plan in place, but they don't have that plan in place now. So often this is my temperament has a harder time with this temperament because I don't understand them and I know they don't understand me as well because they are perfecting things and yet when you're talking they seem to be the ones that we we call it you know the sharks in the water because they know how to chisel it down or when you're suggesting something they're going well what if this happens and what if we did it this way and what would happen if and they're they're doing the devil's advocate thing to the point that it's exhausting and it can be draining to me because as a mocha or an espresso, you're over here casting the vision, seeing the big picture and they're poking holes in it, which is awesome when you figure out that that is exactly what they're doing. They're not trying to, uh, you know, be the negative Nelly. They are really perfecting it and already coming up with, Hey, how can we make sure that we're doing this the right way? So you definitely want them on your teams. They're awesome when you have them on your family vacations. But just remember to step back and go, this is why they're doing what they're doing or saying what they're saying is they're trying to, um, basically it comes down to they are the human computer. They are the brilliant ones. They are the ones that uh, can think about something differently, even though they might not necessarily be the ones that are they're casting the vision you know they're they're not the ones going let's take the mountain they're the ones making sure that you have all the right the right equipment to to take the the mountain going back to the mocha the mocha is usually chatting with everyone they're finding out every detail in everybody's lives they're working the room as well as discussing the effect that you know if you're in a class um, how this class will have, you know, a, a, an, a, the, the effect on the team, how the team's going to be able to do amazing things because they're there inspiring them. And they're excited for the opportunity just to chat with everyone. So they really do like to work the room. At times they come across as fake. They come across as, you know, like that used car salesman because um, they might seem like it's phony but yet they're really not being phony. And I'm saying that <laughs> because I am a mocha and you genuinely, genuinely are, are loving talking to people and getting to know them as much as you possibly can. So on that note, we're going to take another commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more and assess these personalities so we can show up and be the best you.
This is Girlfriend on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. This is the Tokinet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. All right, we were talking about the different personality assessments and how we can show up being completely authentically us and yet appreciating all the other personalities and offering grace to them as well. And uh, talking about the mocha, how they show up chatting with everyone, and the the latte, um, often they're showing up going, uh, why do they have to talk to every single person in the room? And that's what I was saying, where sometimes it comes across as phony. They don't believe that someone could genuinely want to – go around and talk to every single person. They have a tendency just to do one-on-one conversations. The Espresso's thoughts, um, I wish she would hurry and finish her conversation. I have other projects to get to, or I have places to go, or I have this person I need to talk to because, and and I'm not, (laughs) I know this comes across as harsh, but Usually they want to talk to people that have, there's a reason there. They want to be intentional with who they're talking to. Most likely it's going to help them in whatever vision that they they have to get to the next phase of of wherever they're going in life. And the chai, uh, they are in the just one-on-one conversations. They want to get past just your um, communication of levels one and two. They want to go right into levels three and four and find out what's going on in your family. What do you, you know, how are you feeling right now? What's going on with your kids, etc. You know, what gets you up at four o'clock in the morning? They want to dive into, and it's just very natural for them to dive into those conversations. Mocha's, their results, they are the ones, you know, 
that are entertaining the group 80% of the time. They create a fun atmosphere. They make individuals feel special. And they, they also, because as they're pouring into individuals, they want people to like them. So if you're coming across uh, as, you know, hey, I think you're funny, but I'm not letting my face show it. And you're not putting a smile on and you're not reacting to them as they're being animated and making a joke or doing something. An example would be when I laid on the table <laughs> and no one responds to it. It, it kind of stabs you because that's why you're showing up. You think everything you do is, is funny and people should respond to that. So that's where they can get hurt is um, if someone is not laughing or they feel like, oh, you don't like me. The lattes, they are big on data and information. They'll have an event planned uh, for a year. They know exactly uh, what they're looking for. They know if they're on you know, vacation. They've, they've planned it out completely even to where you're, you're going to do the, the restroom breaks. <laughs> And it's they, they've planned it in their head for months, and they've planned it on paper for months. The mocha. Often when you're in a meeting, mocha is thinking, why does the latte keep glaring at me? I better go over there and make her laugh. Uh, I, I want everybody to like me. You know, what's her, what is her problem? And an example would be if you are going into a break room and the latte is sitting there reading a book because they just want that time to themselves. Mocha walks in and goes, oh, they're sitting over there by themselves. I don't want them to sit by themselves. I need to go over there and talk to them. <laughs> and so they go over to start a conversation, but the latte sitting there going, I just wanted to read my book. I really don't want to carry on a conversation um, with you. And the it, espresso, you can't believe that, you know, the, the mocha is coming over there and wasting your time. Maybe you were putting together a plan for your next project or let's get to the how-tos. I really don't care. Um, you know, you, you might even be listening to the show right now as you're driving going, I really don't care what kind of temperament I have. Uh, quit wasting my time. I need to go send an email or I need to go read a blog and I, I need to go delegate or do something like that. So it's just I need to get to the next thing. And the, the chai, it would greet that person in the break room and love just to have that one-on-one -on -one conversation um, with them as well. So let's talk about what your, your personal style is and what you talk about. And I know when years ago, when I used to train this for flight attendants and pilots, it was pretty crazy because flight attendants, there were a lot in the mocha temperament because that's who you hire. You hire quite a bit of chais and mochas because they're so people oriented. And in the, for pilots, quite a few of the pilots are lattes and espressos. That's the temperament. So there you would have a mocha or a chai get on the plane and go to talk to a pilot that is a, an espresso or a latte and immediately you would have conflict. You would have friction because they would say, hey, do you guys want a coffee? And he or she would then maybe be curt because they're going through the checklist or they're doing specific things and they're not understanding the different temperament. 
So it was really cool to be able to go, okay, this is some of the stuff that they talk about. So you can automatically figure out what temperament that you're, that you're dealing with. For the espressos, they're driven by results, uh, what you want to achieve. They expect to be listened to and, and kind of obeyed. It is clear to them that others do not know what to do. They are just going around in circles and need an organized system. So often the pilots would look at the flight attendants and go, okay, you know, quit being such a bimbo, I'm doing X, Y, Z, when in reality, they both bring a lot to the table. And so to, to be able to communicate that to them and show what each person, their gifts and talents and how they're um, making this airline successful by what they are, you know, what their talents are. Um, so with... The espresso don't always know what we are talking about, but we will make you think that we do. And it's it's interesting. Um, they'll they'll adamantly in a board meeting they'll be pounding their fist on the table, going, "This is the way it is, and this is what we're going to do, and this is going to be the best you know project manager, and this is how we're going to move forward." And someone will come up with an idea that kind of trumps that, and they'll go, "Oh yeah, that's a good point." this is what we're going to do. This is the way we're going to move forward. And it's just, it's hysterical to watch because they adamantly know what they're talking about and someone can persuade them. And if they, if it is a good idea, they will adamantly follow that as well. So that's why it's important to speak up to them because it's just the way that they're coming across. It's the way they carry themselves. It's their de demeanor but they they are more you know open to other ideas. You just have to give them the the ideas. I know my husband is in extreme espresso, and when the kids would come in with something they were going to to do, uh, he would you know, adamantly say no. But they knew if they angled it differently, maybe wrote it in a letter, gave them some of the specifics. The next thing you know, he would be saying yes. But they learned that dad will say no initially and then come up with a yes. Whereas my temperament being a mocha, even though I have a lot of espresso in me, my mocha is yes, because everything's a possibility. And then I would have to be the one going, Oh, that, that really wasn't a good idea and backtrack, which isn't good either because then it, it hurts the trust. Everything's a possibility. And I have to remember that, that not everything is a possibility. So the mocha, what we talk about, we talk about dreams and aspirations. If a mocha is dreaming, lattes will already start putting holes in it. And I mentioned that before. So often just be aware of that, that if you are, you know, out here trying to inspire, you have to be careful and just be aware of they're not trying to be mean, the, the lattes. Just like Paris on the floor doing, you know, snow angels uh, it would have been really easy to walk in and go, okay, that's stupid, that's ridiculous, and completely, um, you know, diffuse her and and poke holes in it. But instead, you just never know. You know, you can be inspired by that as well and move forward. The tries, they're they're about feelings and experiences. They are sentimental and they're going to save every meaningful thing in their life. At one point, a bunch of uh, friends, we went over to um, one of our friend's house who was moving, and she wanted us to help her pack her stuff up. 
And I was blown away uh, by just how sentimental she was. I mean, there were there were things her kids had made from kindergarten that were basically shredded. And I was like, we can throw this away, right? And she was like, no, because when that day happened, you know, blah, blah, blah. There were McDonald's toys that she could not throw away because she remembered that day. And it was such a cool experience. And afterwards we went and had a picnic and they played forever with those toys. And it's like, okay. And, and that's one of those where take a picture of it so you can still keep that emotion that it evokes, but throw it away. So we ended up boxing up so many just, um, Nicky necks and just because she couldn't, I mean, empty wine bottles, empty, uh, items that there was just, they were going to take a lot of space up, but they were so sentimental to her that she had to pack them, um, with her. So you just, that's how you can tell a chai when you're talking to them because they're, they're really going with experiences and, and feelings. And that's how they, they choose to spend their money as well. They would rather, then, uh, you know, have you buy them flowers. They want to go and, you know, maybe to a concert. They want the experience of something rather than um, something that's a little bit more practical. The the latte, once again, they're they're talking data, facts and figures. So if you if you're talking financial information, um, you know, just something that they love if you're giving them data they they like the the ability to organize and set long range range goals they have high standards and high ideals and they they want to make it perfect and that's why with a latte just on a side note they'll be talking about things because they are perfectionists but they also have a hard time with deadlines because they'll keep working on something until they can perfect it you know even i laugh when you go with a latte to the grocery store, they shop in quadrants. Like their list is actually sectioned off to the way the store layout is. So if you say, I'm going to go over here and grab some cereal, it's like, no, 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 no. It's not time for the cereal aisle yet. <laughs> and so they really, they keep you on, on task. So with that, we're going to stop right there. And after this commercial break, we're going to come back into um, their communication style and we will do that right after these messages. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. 
We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Depression is very real and prevalent. It has been said that close to 20% of Americans are likely to suffer major depression at some time. The good news is that exercise helps ease depression and is one of the best ways to fight it. Working out releases endorphins and neurotransmitters that make you feel good. It reduces immune system chemicals that can worsen depression. Exercise also has many emotional and psychological benefits. Working out is a distraction that gets your mind off of negative thoughts and depressing feelings. By focusing on your workout, you can get out of that negative cycle and concentrate on your fitness. By accomplishing exercise goals, you can boost your self-confidence. Getting in shape can make you feel better about your appearance, and that helps too. If you are battling depression, you have even more of a reason to work out. Feeling good awaits you. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Togenet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. All right. Well, we're talking today on how do you show up? And also, what would you tell your future self? And I wish that I could um, pay attention more to temperaments and be aware of, instead of judging others and being critical of who they are or critical of how they're responding to me, to make sure that I'm offering grace and know that this is their gifts and their talents and all of this can be used rather than, oh, they're not like me, therefore um, I don't care for them or I'm going to judge them or why are they doing that? And I think it's important too when you're looking at personality and the temperaments is to understand how the different temperaments, their expression of anger, because often it, it puts us in, you know, when you're having a crucial conversation and you see how they respond and you go, what was that? And you might even be looking at yourself going, I can't believe I just said that. I can't believe I responded that way. And where did that come from? So to know what are your trigger points, um, what happens when you finally have your back up against the wall and to know, hey, I need to be aware. And especially knowing this, I can tell my future self, pause, breathe, count of, you know, Count to four as you're breathing in, hold it for four, and then breathe out for four, uh, making sure you know this is my this might be how I respond. So your expression of anger for expressos, you have a tendency to be very impatient and aggressive. I tease my husband, he can go from zero to ten in one second just because it's they're impatient, it'll happen. And he is um just this amazing patient guy and then we get in the car and I I laugh because all of a sudden he'll you know start telling someone oh what an idiot oh get out of the road and like okay when did you get so aggressive you know just two seconds ago we're laughing and having fun and then boom their expression of anger just you know immediately becomes impatient while, while they're driving with a mocha they can become easily frustrated and they can get explosive. 
so you go from this fun, happy, animated person to all of a sudden when you're in a conversation, that explosive temperament, they might say something that later on they go, I cannot believe that those words came out of my mouth. I wish I would have thought before speaking. With the chai, they get, they're, they're so gentle, but they can also get flustered and they have a tendency to avoid conflict whatsoever, which can be irritating. Let's say if you're a mocha and you get a little explosive, that just shuts a chai down and they will walk away, but then they hold on to it. So if you're a chai, you need to be aware of that because if you're holding on to it, you create a narrative in your head that you keep looping this conversation and you keep getting more and more frustrated by it, but you won't have the conversation, but you expect the mocha or the espresso or the latte to know that you're sad or you're irritated or you know you feel like, hey, you said something that was really mean to me and although you apologized, I keep playing this narrative in my head and I want you to apologize even more. As a matter of fact, I kind of want you to suffer through this because I'm so mad and now I've let this, you know, simmer, <laughs> saute it for days. So be aware of, of that as a chai to just come forth and, and say, hey, when you got aggressive or you were impatient with me or you were explosive or, you know, you, you said X, Y, and Z, my feelings are hurt and be able to communicate that, talk about that. For the latte, they're very slow to anger because once again, they'll even perfect that. They have a very rational approach and they might pause because they're thinking about what they're going to respond, how they're going to say it. They're going to perfect what they're going to say, but they definitely will um, come back and want to have that conversation with you, which is neat. You know, you can appreciate that about the latte. And once again, that human computer in them, they're thinking of what to, what to say in those crucial moments um, of tension. Their work style or their work area, I think this is interesting because you can kind of get an idea of who this, you know, this temperament just by looking at how they, they work or how they keep their cubicle, how they keep their office, um, even how they keep their, their home. The espresso, since they're intense and they're driven, they do several things at once. So work is in priority, it's ordered and it's organized, and yet they have such a fast whirlwind work pace that they will have piles. And they're organized, but it just doesn't look like the way a latte would organize things, just once again, because they are such fast-paced uh, movers. The mocha, they like freedom. Uh, lots of people interaction. If you put them in a room, I remember one of my first jobs, I, had, I was put in a room by myself and I had to file things. And I remember two minutes went by and I thought it was an hour. You're, you're looking at the clock going, are you kidding me? Uh, there's no way I can stay in this room for eight hours with, you know, a 10 minute break here and a 10 minute break there. It, it was, um, it was horrible. I was definitely miserable during that small, small, very short season of my life. 
So be aware if you if your workplace, your work environment does not match up with your temperament, you are not going to be inspired and motivated. Most likely it's going to create a lot of apathy, which creates despair, which creates depression. And you're going to be pushing the snooze button quite a bit in the morning because you're not going to want to go to work. Uh, the mocha, you have interesting things and gadgets on your desk. Your work pace is very fast. You get bored easily. So you don't really care to maintain. You want to go on to the next thing and build something else up. So you move from one thing to another. Uh, this Just be aware of that because you want to complete and finish the things that you started. You might have to have someone hold you, you know, hold you accountable to go, Hey, remember you were, you were in this project over here and we're not completely finished with it yet. And you will, especially when there's a deadline and your back's against the wall, you'll make it happen, but it's not a pace that you would like to keep because you do like to multitask. Even though we know multitasking really isn't the best way um, to do things. So tries easygoing, cooperative, willing to be of service. They, they're great servant leaders. And they'll, the, the way that they talk, they'll even say, I'm sure you've already thought of this. And which is just a, a peacemaking way of having a conversation at their desk. You will see sentimental uh, mementos and souvenirs, their workplace. They will have a lot of family um, photos. They're rarely in a hurry and they dislike pressure. They absolutely will fight that, that pressure. It will, um, immobilize them, maybe even paralyze them in moving forward because they'll, they'll shut down when you're trying to rush them. A latte, they're so thorough, the attention to detail, one thing at a time. The, the references are at their fingertips, lots of paperwork and piles. Their work pace is methodically a steady stream of work. Uh, once again, I, I can't even begin to tell you how organized. Um, like I said, my daughter is um, a latte, and she will come into my kitchen. <laughs> She'll come into my office, and it'll be organized in 10 minutes because they just they think that way, and so they file things that way, and they're amazing with how well they can organize. A couple of things real quick here because we're a, a almost ready to end the show is a few things that they're dislikes um, for the espresso. They dislike wasting time. For the mochas, they dislike reinventing the will. For the chais, they dislike confrontation. Obviously, you know, we talked about that. They will avoid it at all costs. And the lattes, they dislike being wrong. They will go research it before you tell them that whatever the information they have is incorrect. Um, they have a hard time. And it comes across sometimes like they have to be the smartest person in the room. And that's not necessarily true. It's just that they don't like being wrong. Uh, in, in a group role, the espresso, they need to control. They control sometimes by threats or anger or um, uh, ultimatums. They're very strong-willed and decisive. The mochas, they're good at um, rapport building. They need to be the center of attention. They're witty, outgoing. They control by charm. The chais, they're the peacemaker. They need to feel included. They're not necessarily goal-oriented. It's easy to get all over the place for them, and they control by procrastination. The latte, 
information provided, they need focus and direction, high standards of performance, uh, compassion for the hurting, they control by threat of moods, and they are highly goal-oriented. And, and with that, I just want to close on, once again, how do you show up in life, and what does that even mean? It really doesn't matter what it means to me. It matters what it means to the people you interact with regularly. Are you showing up and being authentically you? And also, are you taking the time to see how others are showing up and being there for them, learning how to communicate to them with their styles, learning how to make them feel good? I love that quote where um, it doesn't matter what you say, it doesn't matter what you do, but people will always know how you make them feel. And I, I just want to backtrack to the quote at the beginning. You are in integrity with the life you are living on the outside matches who you are on the inside. And show up as yourself. And once again, I know at times this can be difficult. We are not comfortable in our own skin. And maybe, just maybe, I will actually even listen to this show <laughs> Because I just cringe when, like I said, when I hear myself talk and I, I need to listen to what I'm saying and actually um, take it in and hear what I have to say to others so I can show up and be truly, authentically me. So if you can, I want to challenge you today, write down some things that you feel that you're not being authentically you. Maybe it's those people that you're with that you're not authentically you when you're around them. And take that time, that white space to go, who am I and how am I showing up? Am I, I've been created in God's image. I want to show up to the best of my ability. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.